Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. Never have I ever thought I'd see the day, but here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have 2022 Major League Baseball. It's big time baseball with Cody Decker. Give it up, give it up. Right here with Cody Decker and the one and only Tony Gwynn Jr. Tony, we have made it. We have made it. We get another year of baseball. You and me get to talk baseball here on Odyssey Sports, big time baseball. Welcome, everybody. I'm just fired up. There's nothing else I can say about it. I'm charged up, Tony. We've been, this has been painful for the last six months. Would you agree? I 100% agree. I don't know that after retiring that I ever thought I would ever say the words that I am so happy spring training is here again. And you're right. It was painful, man. It was painful, not necessarily because I didn't think they would get a deal done, but I just know a lot of fans out there who don't know the insides of the game were probably pulling their hair out at this point. And so uh, to get a deal done and to get a deal done without losing any games, I I think was vital for for Major League Baseball. Yeah, we're going to be talking all kinds of things. Of course, we're going to be talking about the CBA, what kind of deal the players did get, not to mention some rule changes going forward in Major League Baseball. Did the international draft almost blow this entire thing up? We're going to get into a little bit about the international draft. And of course, something we really need to talk about, which is the thing we all really want to talk about. And that is the free agent frenzy that as of right now, as we're recording at 9 a.m. on mon- on what Friday morning here There haven't been any moves yet, but we know that it's going to be a barrage. This week is going to be insanity. Tony, I cannot wait to see it. Um, But let's just get right into it. The CBA, man, you know, the lockout began December 1st. Here we are on day 99. The deal finally gets done. What were your thoughts on it? Did you think we were going to get the deal done? Do you think we were going to get the triple digit days? Did you think we're going to miss out on an entire month of Major League Baseball? As of now, we're getting a full 162. Tony, what did you think? Uh, well, I, I did think we would get a deal done. Um, I did think there was a chance that, you know, 10 to 15 games may have been taken out. Um, but once, you know, we the international draft was introduced and it seemed to kind of really bring negotiations to a standstill. 
But once I saw that next morning that they had had an agreement on it, what you know, to basically review it for a year almost, um, I knew that they were on they were on the one yard line because listen, you gotta. I, I give both sides credit uh, because just remember when we started this thing, how far apart both sides were, and also keep in mind how much both sides can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. And so to get from where they were. Um, in terms of the money part, to close that gap, it, it just felt like the international draft uh, being the piece that would all unravel that. It just seemed far fetched to me. It, it really did. But it, as it sounds like, it almost did. Uh, but cooler heads prevailed, and uh, they were able to get a deal. Now, listen, I haven't heard exactly uh, the comments from Tony Clark. Uh, I, I saw some from Brian Mafford. The thing that I'm hopeful for is that they start looking at one another as a partner in this thing, because ultimately when they do that, I think the game can get so much better and can get so much better faster. As long as they're still looking at each other as enemies or adversaries, it's going to, it's going to be a slow uh, a slow fix to to get this game in 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 the, in the direction that it needs to go. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's something that I think Major League Baseball desperately needs to get to. And I'm not saying that the end all be all as far as partnerships and players unions between the ownership and players is the greatest beacon of 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 you know cooperation in the yeah. NBA. But that, I would say the NBA is the best version it that is. we currently have. It is. Um, yeah, and it seems that both sides do work fairly hard together to push the game forward. And I do think Major League Baseball doesn't quite have that relationship. Rob Manfred even said yesterday he would love to possibly repair his. Uh, and that was that was encouraging for me because I in, in my time of being around this game, even back to when my dad was playing, I don't remember a commissioner ever speaking that way, ever really acknowledging the fact that all right, we we've dropped the ball in some regards, and and we need to. Uh, maybe put a better, a bigger emphasis on that partnership. So I was encouraged by that. Uh, I want to see how the union responds to that. Agreed. And I'm encouraged by it too, but at the, honestly, do you think too much damage has been done? Is Rob Manfred the right guy for that role of eventually uh, building that bridge between the players and the uh, major league baseball? Cause I, I listen, That's I tend good- to think maybe not. That's a good question. That's a really good question, Cody, because, you know, obviously Rob Manfred is doing exactly what the owners want him to do. He works for the owners. He's really he's really the uh the guy who gets stuck out there to take all the the arrows that are mm-hmm. shot that Absolutely. normally would be shot at the owners. They're shot at him, but there is still a um there he still has a job to do in terms of Having the type of relationship where the players don't see him as they do right now. I mean, you just look on Twitter. These guys are not fans of Rob Manfred. And um, I, I, I'm i interested to see moving forward how he can address or possibly change. It could very well be that you're right, Cody, that the damage is 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 too is 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 done already and that these players won't let bygones be bygones. But. Um, he's certainly going to have a, a little bit of time here, five years to, to try to, to try to make that relationship better. And we'll all be watching. Yeah. And I'd like to actually make an argument here that Rob Manfred is an exceedingly good major league baseball commissioner. 
And before some of you baseball fans who aren't fans of Rob Manfred get out your pitchforks and start yelling at me, hear what I have to say. <laughs> it's that Rob Manfred's job is more or less the commissioner's job at this point is being a union head chief for the owners. That's yes. what the job is. That's and the right. job of the commissioner is to make the game as profitable as possible. Right now, Major League Baseball's never been more profitable and the owners have Facts. never made more money. Thus, Facts. Rob Manfred's incredible at his job. Which is which is why it's far-fetched that the owners are upset with him, right? Because yeah. they're making more money than they've ever made in this game. And so, as you perfectly put, his job is to make the league more profitable for the owners. And he ties that in with having to have a relationship with the players that makes it amendable that, you know, when they need to make changes, everybody's all on board. The constant fighting and, and tug-of-war, I think, Partly because the players don't think he enjoys baseball. I mean, some of his comments haven't helped that, right? Whether yes. it's the piece of metal or, you know, a, a slew of different things that a gaffes that he's had to this point haven't, you know, led the players to feel like he actually likes the game. Uh, it, it, and you brought up the NBA. You look at the Adam Silver. There's no doubt that he loves basketball. There's no mm -hmm. doubt. And when you listen to him talk, he loves it. I think that would go a long way for Rob if he if he could somehow display the fact that he actually enjoys the game, that he actually loves the game. I think that would give him uh, a, 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 some some he, he would get some equity from the players on that side. But he hasn't he hasn't really displayed that yet. Yeah. And to echo your point earlier, Matt, if there if Major League Baseball and the Players Association can eventually figure out ways to legitimately work together and grow this game in the way it should be and could be grown. You know, a lot of things have been happening in baseball these last couple of years. A lot of minor league teams being slashed from the game. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the game itself is being shrunk within our own communities, but we're talking about expanding the game outside of the United States, which is not something anyone's against. But, you know, I don't want to sacrifice the game here at home to grow it everywhere else as well, where I really think everything can grow. And that's, I think, something baseball is getting having a few issues with. But on top yeah. of that, new rule changes in this CPA. No more seven inning double headers. Tony, I don't know about you, but I'm actually disappointed in that rule change. <laughs> me, me too. I was a big fan of the two sevens. I like um, the two sevens. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm also disappointed about the Ghost Runner being gone. So man. I loved the rule. I loved it. I really did. I know you and I are in the minority. We of this are. One. <laughs> um, but man, I liked it. It served its purpose. Its purpose was to have games end in the 10th inning. And that went up 35% when it came to extra inning games. I thought it added instant uh, pressure situations. You know, all those purists that are upset about the DH uh, and I'm using purists in the the most extreme air quotations <laughs> right now. Um, but those guys that were all mad about the National League DH, which, by the way, also finally added to Major League Baseball. That, I'm just glad that's finally over. But the people that were mad about that, you know, that extra, you know, the chance to do something as far as strategy was immediately implemented in that extra inning. So that's gone. And, and, and you know, the interesting and it's a moot point because they've gotten rid of the the uh, the ghost runner. But come 2023, should Rob Manfred decide that they're going to eliminate the shift? It would have it would have it would even had even more strategy to it now because now you can play some old school baseball right where you're hitting the you know hitting the hitting the guy through moving them over because now you can't you can't manipulate the field like you had been 
Yeah. And so I, I was disappointed to see that go, especially with some of these rule changes that are that seem like they're coming down the pipeline. And here's the thing. I'm here, let's get into that real quick. Let's talk about that upcoming potential rule of the shifts being banned and quote unquote being banned. I think uh, I think there needs to be a uh, better verbiage described because yeah. it's not banning it's not the banned. shift. Right. It's uh, it's adjusting the shift, making it that you can't have. 11 outfielders in right field <laughs> and literal no infielders. And someone was like, can you imagine if they did this to football? And I'm like, yeah, how, how crazy would it be if the, you know, the, the refs stopped the play and called something like, I don't know, like an illegal formation. <laughs> exactly. That's so well put. I hadn't heard that one yet, but like, that's perfect. That yeah. is perfect. But I mean, listen, the, the, the rules, especially that one in particular. I think so many people are focused on, you know, uh, taking away some of the analytical parts of it. Here's the thing. The one thing that we all lost with the shift, and we'll lose it this year because I'm sure teams will still be shifting at as they have been, um, is the ability to see some of the best athletes in the infield uh, in our game. Like, there's no doubt. Cody, you and I can both attest to this. The athletes in the game now are 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 superior to the athletes when we were playing. I mean, I mean, these, I just retired in 2019, and the athletes are already in the two and a half three I'm, years. That's what I'm saying. Just eclipsed what we were doing in 2019. Like it's just right. absurd. And we and we were and we were being robbed of of seeing like the reason why we don't see a guy like a, a Brandon Phillips anymore is because there's no need for him. Right, because you just put the guy where the ball is going to be hit, and you you just play it out that way. And although that's great for your team and and wins and keeping runs down, it's not great for the spectator. No, I want to see somebody go in the hole, give me a Jeter jump throw, or whatever the case may be. I want to see that range. Uh, nobody is probably celebrating this rule more than Joey Gallo. Though. No, uh, no, they aren't, <laughs> as they should be. And here's the thing: I feel like Joey Gallo got a lot of heat, especially from the. Let, let's not let's not mince word the old people in our game that used to play this game who really really had a, took exception it's like well why don't you hit the ball the other way okay listen listen i want to make this abundantly clear i'm glad you played in 1985 and you can count on one hand how many guys could throw 98 with a credible spin rate unfortunately they all throw 98 with incredible spin right. rate and when they're right. throwing 98 with spin rate inside it's kind of hard to hit that ball where i want to hit it especially right. to the other side i mean George Brett made that thing to us in the in Royals camp in 2016. And even Moustakis was like, dude, you never saw 98. Shut up. What are you talking about? And Yo, that's to I, George Brett, arguably the greatest hitter who ever lived. Listen, I, I, I distinctly remember in 2010, my dad talking to me about actually saying, man, I don't, I don't know if I, how I would, what kind of hitter I'd be in this league. Everybody's throwing a hundred. Everybody is running it up high nineties. And, you know, it, I, I had this discussion with somebody on the radio yesterday. It was like, you guys should just hit the ball. It's like, I, I know we talk about hitting the ball the other way. Shoot. I grew up in a, in a, with a dad that talked about it all the time. However, 
it's a different ball game. And it's not as even even then it wasn't as easy as as everybody makes it sound to be. It's, yeah, they make it sound like, oh, you're well, you're facing Greg Maddox. He's only throwing 85 miles per hour. I'm like, that ball's moving. That ball is moving, right? The, hitting the ball the other way has always been t- difficult. Now you're adding spin rate, you're adding velocity. It only makes it more difficult. So listen, uh, shout out to Joey Gallo, man, because uh, <laughs> he's probably somewhere. Just cheering his head off. Probably can't wait for 2023. He's probably hoping that when the season starts, the numbers are so bad that Rob Manfred institutes that 45-day kind of period where they have to wait to implement a rule, and it happens this year. And here I come right out the gate. I'm going to I'm going to defend Joey Gallo to one more old all-star player, Fred Lynn, who, of course, was an incredible ball player in his day. Uh, he uh, took that Joey Gallo quote where he talked about hoping they make adjustments to the shift. And he said, well, I believe they shifted on Ted Williams and didn't he hit 406. I have seen this point echoed on Twitter so much. And as much as it's a very fun point to make, it's not an accurate point because Ted Williams did hit 406 in 1941. The shift was famously put on him in 1945. So, Mm. no, he Mm. did not hit 406 against Mm. the shift. The shift happened by Lou Boudreau five years later. And by the way, it wasn't this new thing. It was done in the playoffs and Ted Williams didn't hit well. Uh, by the way, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's common, common practice now to just, you know, fudge years and fudge time and just kind of, ah, around the same time. It'll, it is, this, this point will work and it doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't does. work. It doesn't work. Cause we could go back and find out there's video of it. Even if it is grainy video, you could still see where guys are playing. And, you know, it's easy to debunk at the end of the day. Sorry, old baseball people. Google <laughs> exists. Uh, well, moving on from that, I mean, I'm excited. We got Major League Baseball back. New Some new rules. I'm really excited about the National League DH because let's be real here. Not only does this open up a field for not only older veterans who careers might end earlier, but it also kind of opens the door to younger players. It also opens the door to adding value to a lot of players, like a player that immediately comes to mind that I feel like this adds value to is someone who's been possibly could be traded like a Luke Voigt. Now you have a whole Mm. other league that a Luke Voigt could be traded to. I just, I'm so excited for this national league DH. And I even tweeted yesterday. I think you even retweeted it. Can you imagine a Nelson Cruz on a San Diego Padres right now as the DH? I am lobbying for it as we speak. So yes, I can't imagine it. He'd be great for the Padres uh, because he's such a good locker room guy, aside from what his production is year in and year out. But listen, on the DH, I was one of those that was kind of lukewarm on it. Um, After we had the pandemic season where you got a chance to see it every day, and then we had last year where, especially a team like the Padres, I thought really suffered from not having a designated hitter. Um, I'm I'm for it, man. I, I think, you know, there's a time for change. Clearly, this is that time we're trying to bring a younger, some younger eyes. We've, t- we've already talked about the old folks that we have in our game. Uh, baseball's got the, the it has, has to have the oldest uh, fan base it, 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 out of all, out of the four major sports. So getting younger, having a DH, I think will help that. And as you said, I think it's going to open up the door for so many more um so many more different opportunities for guys, especially the older guy. Because as we saw, basically through this collective bargain agreement, um, younger is better. Mm-hmm. This game has shifted to the younger player. All of the moves 
made during his last collective bargain, bargain agreement were really for the young guys, trying to get them uh, established a little bit earlier. So uh, I, I'm for it now. Uh, I'm looking forward to the DH. I think uh, I think for here in San Diego, I think the Padres have a chance to really benefit from it. Uh, you mentioned Nelson Cruz. There's a bunch of other guys that would fit, but he, I think he's the top prize. There if, are. If I and, were the Padres. And just hear these names that are out there right now. I mean, Nick Cassianos, he fits just about everywhere in baseball, it seems like. Kyle Schwarber, he could fit in so many organizations. Even, even something like Anthony Rizzo can fit in so many organizations at the moment. Uh, we're talking other arms, uh, people that are available. Carlos Rodon's available. I mean, there's just... Yeah. Chris Bryant's available. Oh, and some guy named Carlos Correa, who's probably going to sign for an entire country. I, I mean, I, mean, I can't, just can't. We can't forget Freddie Freeman, who all of, of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, you're hearing his name pop up here on the West Coast. You hear it in New York. I'm sure Atlanta is uh, not feeling very great about that right now. No, no, they shouldn't. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a guy that they should have locked up. Years ago, the fact that he's not is almost insane to me because he seems like that last holdout that will be the guy that will wear the same uniform until he retires. And there's not a lot of those guys left in baseball anymore. No, there, there, there isn't. I mean, he, he's. I mean, at this point, maybe Trout's the guy behind him, but there just aren't a lot of guys uh, that we'll see end up finishing in the same uniform. He's one of the guys that has a chance to do it. Um, but you know, if he gets away, I mean, this is. You could argue argue that this is the Braves. This is on the Braves. They had a chance to get hit this done before he hit free agency. They elected not to do it, and uh, now you've opened the door for big market teams like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, um, that you know, quite frankly, can can offer more and 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 bring them to a place where have a chance to compete, just like he does in in, in Atlanta. Yeah. And not to mention another name out there, Trevor Story, who is not getting any love out there, yeah, even though yeah. he's one of the top three shortstops, may, arguably in the game right now. I mean, this is just this is going to be an exciting week, but let's do a little. I, are you are, wait? Are you surprised that we haven't had any? So I was expecting the moment of what was it four o'clock West Pacific time hit yesterday that. There ought to be just a slew of signings. I was wrong, but I, I thought it like was going to be a trade that was going to be the first thing to break the seal. Okay. I really okay. thought it was going to be Canna traded uh, away from Oakland. I thought that was going to be the move. Well, they got they got us here sitting here waiting, man. Let's go. I'm yeah. ready ready for my phone to start going crazy. Oh, I am so excited. Well, when the first one goes, then five more are going to go right <laughs> after that. But here, here's my question for you. Let's let's go through them rapid fire, and I, you can give me the answer and go ahead and just justify why you think so. I'm going to give you a player's name. You tell me where you think they're going to end up. Oh, okay. Let's just go at the very top. Carlos Correa. Yankees. That's what I think, too. I don't think the there's Yankees. anywhere else for him to go. I think they can offer him the money he's looking for. He is one of those guys that we've seen over the last, I don't know, four or five years. When the lights are at their brightest, he's playing his best baseball. It's almost mm -hmm. sometimes he gets bored. Um the only the only concern I have is is can, I know he stayed healthy last year, but can he continue to do that? Because prior to last year, he struggled to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you know, the Yankees have had some bad luck with free agents and them not staying healthy. So I, I'm sure they're probably a little leery, but I think that's the perfect fit for him. 
I think so too. I, four months ago, I would have said the Cubs, but now with him signing with Scott Boris and now the rumors that the Ricketts family are possibly buying Chelsea Football Club, um, you either buy Chelsea, yeah, you either buy Chelsea Football <laughs> Club or you buy Carlos Correa. You don't get you can't both. Have both. Yeah, yeah, you can't have both. Period. You just can't have both. So that's what has finally pushed me in the uh, in the direction of saying, yeah, I think the New York Yankees is going to be the answer, uh, which takes us over to the other shortstop. Because Marcus Simeon already a Texas Ranger, where is Trevor Story gonna play? That one is is really interesting because honestly, I don't even know if we're having this conversation if there wasn't some questions about his health last year. I think he might have already been off the board, but mm-hmm. uh, because you know there seemed to be some health issues there, uh, he's still here. I could see him going to a place like Chicago. Uh, you may be able to get him for a little discount now because of the the injury issue or, or, or the questions of injury. Um, it's hard to see. I don't. I can't see him going back to Colorado at this point. I Me mean, neither. I just can't th- see that. I, who would want to? Right, right. I mean, who? why would you want to go back there at this point? They're, they have shown no ability at all to be able to, you know, put together a roster that is formidable. And, you know, I say that, you know, from a, from a guy who, who loves Bud Black, absolutely love. So him. do I absolutely love uh, the guy, but they've done, the they've done day. him a dis they've done him a disservice since he's been there though. So would you say Bud Black is the unluckiest manager in major I, league baseball? I, he has been yet to given a team that could truly win. <laughs> I absolutely think that Bud Black is one of the unluckiest managers there is in baseball. And I don't know. It, it's, 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 uh, it's, it sucks to see him have to go through it, but he can endure. He can endure it a little bit. There, you know, in terms of story, there aren't a lot of places. I mean, Tigers have already got their shortstop in Baez. You mentioned Simeon. That's where I thought Story had a chance to go. Same. Uh, uh, he's not. That spot's not open. I don't see um, a place like L.A. as a fit. Right. I, 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 the Dodgers. I don't see them as a fit there. So I mean. You know, you're just kind of looking at what what's out there. And I think the Cubs might be a fit for him. Cubs do look good. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Trevor Story take like a short term one year deal and hit the free a bet, a bet on a bet on himself deal. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he went ahead and did that. You see him signing one year with the with the Chicago Cubs, putting together a hell of a year. And keep in mind, that's a division that is very open right now, that that National League Central. In fact, I'd say the National League and American League Central are very open. So these free agent market is going to be – is going to make some dents in into the futures market in Vegas, to say the least. No doubt. No um, doubt. All right, on top of that, let's, let's go to the other guy, Chris Bryant. Where is Chris Bryant going to end up? Famously a Cub, finished out the year with San Francisco last year. San Francisco does seem like a pretty good fit for him again, but is that where he's going to end up? Again, who who's got that kind of money to offer him where he could still? Because I, I assume you know competing at a high level in terms of wins and losses is a priority for him. I see the Giants being the the only fit for him. Um, that that's a team that I think can utilize him the way that he's been utilized too. You can play him a little bit in left. You can play him a little bit in the infield when you need to. I, I like the fit there for him in, in San Francisco. I'm not sure how he liked his time there, but certainly um, 
I think that's a good fit for him. I really do. I think so too. But also on top of that, I just I can't imagine him not being a New York Met. Papa's, yeah, that's a, that's another good one. Yeah, with the CBT being raised and clearly the CBT being raised in the fourth tier or what we should really call, call it, the Mets the, tier, the Uncle Steve tier. <laughs> Uncle Steve is going to blow past that tier just to do it. Just just as a middle finger to everybody. He's getting that's why that's why night. he was so calm when they were like, you know, adding talking about this tier. He tweeting out is like he doesn't care about that tier. he'll go over the tier whenever he feels like it. if he it's wants not, he'll just buy the rest of the league let's be real clear <laughs> he doesn't care he doesn't care at all uh yeah i think chris bryant's gonna end up a met i think that team's gonna gonna spend a little more i really think they want to win and they're done they're done even playing around with the cbt so i'm looking forward to that potential carlos rodon i have a theory that he is going to be wearing angel red in a few weeks well, they certainly could use them. Yes, that's for they sure. can. <laughs> I mean, their their offense isn't the issue here. It's their pitching that has been the issue for I don't know four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years at this uh-huh. point. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, he he'd be a good fit there. He coming off a, a pretty good season last year uh, with the White Sox. Um, seemed like he really discovered himself in the last two seasons. Um, I, I think he I think he would be a good fit for the Angels. And more importantly for them, because they've spent so much money on the offensive side, they probably can get him for a decent price. That's that's not overpaying him at this point. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Angels are a great fit for him. And here's my only worry about that sign. As much as I want to see it happen and hear me out, especially if you're an Angel fan listening to this, I really do want the Angels to compete. I think I think there's blood in the water in the in the American League West right now. No doubt. We don't know what's going on with Houston. Obviously, the A's are going to be going in the opposite direction for the next couple of years. So you got the Rangers who are up and coming, the Mariners who are up and coming, and the Angels got a shot to really strike right here. But here's my concern. If they were to get Carlos Rodon, now now look at who your three top starting pitchers are. You have, uh, obviously, Otani. Shohei, yeah. You got Syndergaard, and you got Carlos Rodon. There is... All three of those guys are incredible. There's one big problem. All flags. Yeah, they get hurt. <laughs> flags, flags. They get <laughs> hurt. I, I've been seeing that on uh, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. People putting that red flag up when there's when there's issues. Yes, they all three would be flagged uh, for for the injury issues. Maybe not as much for Shohei after having the season he had last year, but prior to that, yeah, red flag. Yeah, you so know a- we. We know Syndergaard, red flag. So in terms of injuries, but if those guys can stay healthy, pretty formidable rotation, at least at the top. That's as good as it could potentially get. And keep in mind, this is a team that last year made a statement with their draft. 20-round draft, they drafted 20 pitchers. I mean, <laughs> if that ain't a statement, I don't know what is. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that before. Yeah, I've never seen an organization flat out fully admit with their draft <laughs> knowing full well what they are right now we need pitching pitching and more pitching yeah and I, I loved that draft and I don't know I think this is a team to watch out for going forward this year hell if you if you guys are gambling people it might be worth taking a little sprinkling a little something on a flyer on their futures because I I really do like that team and like you said offensively <sighs> you, we it's saw hard we- to argue there's a better team I remember seeing them in spring training. Uh, Albert was still with them at the time last year, and that lineup that they ran out there, there wasn't, there literally wasn't a break for the pitcher. Like oh. 
everybody in there could bridge you. Everybody in there could put put together a strong AB. Um, but you knew come the other side of the ball, <laughs> you'd be able to have your shot to get even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, keep in mind, they also have some great young talent. Uh, you know, we saw what Jared Walsh could do. Uh, Joe Adele is Adele, up and coming. Yeah. I can't wait to see what that guy can do, um, giving some consistent at-bats. I think the Angels got a bright future ahead of them. Um, looking out throughout, Kyle Schwarber, who do you think he's going to be playing for? In my eyes, I just think every time I look at him and after seeing him last October, this guy belongs in Boston. Yeah, you yeah, you took uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I thought he was uh, a great. He just he just looks like he's supposed to be in that uniform, right? And mm-hmm. um, I, I think there isn't a better fit for him. I think he's the type of guy, especially in that yard. Uh, he has the ability to drive the ball opposite field. He's got that kind of pop. I think he can do some serious damage in a full season in that yard. I really do in that division too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, all right. Here's my here's my biggest wild card going forward because I know I know we have so many free agents that this guy has somehow been bumped down on the list. Any other year, he'd be in the top three or five. But Nick Cassianos, one of the best offensive players in the game, one of the most exciting players in the game, one of the most outspoken players in the game. He's uh he's a guy that I'm really excited to see where he ends up. Where do you think he's going to end up? I have a fee- I have a theory of where he's going to end up, but I have another theory of where I want him to end up. Uh I could see him in uh San Francisco. I could see him there um, too. Especially if if Bryant does. Here's my wild card. Uh what do you say about the Milwaukee Brewers? Ooh, I didn't even consider that possibility because it I seems don't know like they, they're more going in the opposite direction, right? Yeah, now. I don't know if they got the loot to do it, but after terrorizing them in the Central the last couple years, they may take a look at them and, and, and see what they could do. And, and listen, there's always the possibility that all of these free agents look out, they don't like what's being offered, and they take that one-year bet-on-me deal. Oh which brings in a whole bunch of other teams that can now, uh, you know, put their bid in for these guys. But uh, if, if you made me settle on why, I think the Giants is a place I could see Nick Cassianos at. I love that pick. It would be a very good setup for him. You know where I want him to be? Where? I'm a big fan of reuniting players to old teams. And a Detroit? team that I'm really excited about this season, and if they make another move or two, could feasibly really compete right now. I would love to see Nick Cassianos with the D back on his chest. I'd like to see him over in Detroit with the Tigers. That division feels wide open right now. Uh, and, you know, A.J. Hinch did a hell of a job last year, stepping mm-hmm. back uh, as manager. They got a bunch of young talent. Uh, uh, Des Cameron uh, uh, out there, you know, patrolling the outfield. They got They got some guys. They got some young guys. That got a lot of experience last year, and you're right. A couple more moves. You already know they brought Baez in. He's gonna he's gonna bring some uh some some veteran presence to him. I, I don't know. I would love to see Nick go back. I wouldn't mind seeing Nick go back there, but he seemed like he was soured on playing in that big yard. You know, it Who seemed isn't like soured by playing in Detroit. <laughs> it hasn't changed a whole lot since he left. So uh, I, I could see him going back there, but. I have a feeling he just seems like a National League guy to me now. He does to me as well. I can totally see him. And the National League West, like you said, is like a perfect place for him. Yeah. No, I I think I think the Giants, if if Brian isn't the guy and they've decided to to go different ways, I would say he's uh, he he, he probably will be a giant. I know a bunch of I know Padre fans are clamoring for him, but 
I don't know. Look, Padres are one of two teams that went over the tax last mm-hmm. year. I, I have a hard time seeing them adding more payroll without getting rid of some payroll. I don't see them making a big splash. They need to get no. somebody in my eyes like a Nelson Cruz that you can get at a reasonable price, right. adds a ton of sock to your offense. Um, Pitching-wise, this is a team that I don't think needs to make a lot of adjustments. No, they just need no. to be healthy. They need to be healthy. They need to pitch better. Those yeah. guys, uh, they have the guys in terms of rotation. Now, you can argue maybe the closer spot with Melanson now departing maybe needs to have a feel. They may have a, a, a an in-house guy for that. But you're right. I think the reason why Nelson Cruz is attractive, aside from the way he plays and the locker room guy, is because he might be more affordable for the Padres. And considering you got two spots to fill in the DH and a left field at this point, um, it's probably going to take a trade to fill the left field spot because all of the left fielders are going to cost you buckets of money. Yeah. And I know Padre free fans, agency. And if you if you watch Padre Twitter, you'll you'll definitely see a lot of people clamoring for a Hosmer trade. I don't see it happening. I just don't. I don't either. Um, I don't either. And quite frankly, you add a Nelson Cruz to that lineup, you might make Hosmer a lot more valuable because you know what kind of hitter Hosmer is. He's going to get singles, not huge high impact RBIs. He's going to get on base though. He gets yeah, on base man. for a Nelson Cruz. All of a sudden, Hosmer's you know quote unquote lack of production is a different type of production. See, it's 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 fun having these conversations with a baseball guy like yourself because uh, Padre, Padre Twitter can be off the off the chain sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go hard to pay, especially uh, on Haas. And I just, for one, think thinks that Haas will benefit from having a bat behind him or a bat in front of him uh, that that can um, that can that can kind of maybe help with the 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 lack of uh slug production yeah. that you may not get from him but uh, I still think he's a capable first baseman Same. I still think he can hit at a at a at a at a big league level um and and, he, and he's and that locker room loves him yeah. you could say what you want but that locker room absolutely adores him they absolutely Rem- do. removing a guy like that can cause more problems than it does help things. Yes. And and here's the thing. I, I, I've i been critical of Hosmer in the past as well, but not not for the same reasons that you would see like Padre Twitter. They, they, they think he <laughs> seem to think he's terrible. He is not <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, I, I've been making this argument for two years and with, with nobody listening. Yeah. Like, let's be <laughs> let's all pump the brakes. Did I think he was a hundred and forty million dollar player? No, I never right. thought that. Then I always, and I was very critical of the Padres for spending that kind you of money on you this were. guy. Yeah. But it's not that he it's not he's not a base clogger and he's wasting space. He can play baseball. <laughs> right. He's just not going to hit you 40. He might hit you 15 and get on base a little bit. But that's not the production you want for that type of money. Uh, that's where my criticism was always. Uh, it was more towards the Padres making the sign rather than Eric Hosmer himself, because yeah. like, you know, you add a Nelson Cruz and you get a healthy Will Myers. You have a healthy lineup and that pitching staff, there's nothing, there's no problem with having Eric Hosmer there. Not to mention the last couple of years of his contract is actually kind of a little more favorable to the Padres. It, it, it absolutely is. It, it, what, I think it's 12 million over the last couple of years mm-hmm. of his contract. So listen, I, I think uh, it's, I think for, for a lot of folks, it's hard to make that distinction you made, right? Yeah. Being uh Really directing your 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 ire at the Padres before because of the how much money he got versus 
the type of player Hosmer is. I think that gets conflated too often. And uh, I, I agree. I think Hos can, can, can be a, is a productive big leaguer that can help a ball club win games. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think the Padres are a team that are primed to win if they just, you know, again, if they get Nelly Cruz, that's going to be a scary lineup. And again, we don't even know what the Giants are going to be right now. This is a team that has, you know, won the division last year, best record in baseball, and we're barely even mentioning them, and we have no idea what they're even going to put out this next season. Uh, the only team we can all agree on in the National League West that's going to suck is the Rockies. <laughs> Rightfully poor, so. Poor Bud Black. <laughs> poor Bud Black. If, if there's anything that this show should be titled, it should be titled Poor Bud poor Black. Poor Bud Black. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I really would. <laughs> uh, last thing before we before we uh, shut it down, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, we kind of glossed over it, but the CBT and uh, the the CBA, I should say, um, you know, we finally got a deal yesterday on day ninety nine of the lockout. Excited, cannot wait for Major League Baseball to be back. Players already showing up at spring training. Let's go. Um, opening day, April seventh. But the thing that almost blew the whole thing up was this introduction of an international draft. And this has right. been something that's been mentioned many times over the years. And here's, here's I want to be completely honest. As much as I'm, I feel like I'm an expert and well-versed in just about all of the, everything involved in the industry, the only thing I truly do not feel well-versed in is an international draft and the pitfalls that come with it. Right. Here's what I think right out the gate. I obviously, as a player tend to think that the international draft might be very negative towards players. And here's my reasoning for it. No other reasoning other than the owners tried to sneak it in last second. That's all the information I needed to know to me. Like we need to look at this long and hard. Well, listen, I, I think you're right to, to, to feel that way. Cause it did feel like a, a kind of an ambush to, to some degree. Um, and here, here's where I think the international draft has positives and it has negatives. Um, I think when you look at it from a lot of the the Latin players that have come up in through the way that the system is right now, um, there's a there there is a a lot of goodwill in terms of seeing guys you know from the Dominican, from from Venezuela, from Cuba, be able to have an opportunity to, to get out and, and and play major league baseball. This system has provided that. However, the system is also faulted in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of corruption. Uh, you, you've heard the the term biscones uh, thrown around a, a lot, which um, have profited off of some of these same players uh, to come up. Mm-hmm. However, th- there's a, a trust issue there. I think a lot of the Latin guys just, they, they've come up in this system and they don't necessarily trust that this system that the this, this international system will be as much of a benefit for them. I think they look at Puerto Rican baseball and how uh, for a long time that was that was the cream of the crop in terms of Latin Latin ball players. And since it's become a, a you know quote unquote Americanized, um, they feel like it's it's fallen off a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think a lot of the the Venezuelan Dominican guys look at that and like we don't want to go down that route. Now on the flip side of that. You got a lot of American guys who don't even get the opportunity to be in the draft until they're 18, you mm-hmm. know, out of high school. And a lot of those opportunities uh, get eaten up by, you know, being able to go overseas and, and, and bring guys in, sign them as early as 16, sometimes, you know, reportedly earlier. 
And, and, and so when you have a body like the Major League Players Association that is, uh, you know, filled with guys from all over the place, um, you can see how it can cause a divide, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what the owners did there was they, they kind of threw a grenade in there at the end, right? And I think the union did a good job of being able to salvage it by saying, you know what, all right, let's talk about this because there are some benefits to possibly doing it. Um, Tony Clark came out today and said he does not like the draft, period. Yes. So um, you see why he's feeling like that. 30, over 30% of that players association body are Latin guys. So you can see why that is something that at the very least needs to be studied yes. because you're going to, you're going to need some comfort from those guys who have benefited from the system that it is. Um, but I think those guys also recognize there are some, some shortcomings to the system that they have right now. And I think the best, the best outcome was what it, what they got here. They got till June 25th to kind of study this or July 25th, I think to study this and figure out the best ways to go. Uh, because certainly, um, that's something the un- the, the owners want in return for giving up that draft pick compensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting going forward. And if there's one thing I think people, I hope noticed this during this whole CBA negotiations is kind of seeing that baseball, not just major league baseball. I want to talk about all of baseball is not quite the free market that you might right. think it is, you know, right. obviously major league baseball's antitrust exemptions, uh, a lot allows it a lot of extra things on top of that though. Keep my major league baseball. As far as I know, is the only professional baseball league in the world that doesn't have import rules. And which means that you don't have to have a certain amount of American players. Like if you go play right. in the Dominican, they right. only allow what five four, import players four or five, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, KBO in Korea. It's, I think it's another four or five uh, NBP in uh, Japan. Same thing. Uh, Venezuela, all these leagues have import rules that keep, more or less keep Americans from just kind of taking over other leagues. So it kind of leaves only, you know, the leagues in the United States available for American players for the most part. So it just, it adds an extra wrinkle to the whole thing. And I'm not sure exactly how that would, you know, play into say an international draft, but it might. So it's just one of the, you can clearly see though, just by all the things we talked about, why all of a sudden things seem to be rolling down the hill and going great. And then all of a sudden skirt, Mm-hmm. Everything stops once the international draft is introduced because the dynamic is 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 so difficult to deal with because you have so many different, I don't know, cooks in the kitchen in terms of that, right? You got a lot of different people that deserve input um, that, you know, you, you're going to you can't just throw something in there at the end like that and think that <laughs> it's going to get done. No. And but it, look, at the end of the day, it got done. We're getting Major yeah. League Baseball. I'm fired up. Tony, you and me all season long, big time baseball. I am fired up to say the least. Let's do this. I can't wait till we get into some regular season ball. Got three and a half weeks of spring training, which by the way, I I hope that there's discussion of expanding the rosters because I don't know that these these pitchers were already falling apart last year. I don't know that three and a half weeks is going to be enough for him. Keep those arms healthy, man. I just, I desperately don't want the epidemic that we dealt with last year. You know, exactly. You know, thinking about what we missed out on last year, we missed out on a second half of arguably the most dominant pitching performance in the history of baseball in Jacob deGrom. Shoot, we missed out on Ronald Acuna in the second oh, half. As and well. his team I mean, still won the World and Series. And his team still won the World Series. I know. Yeah, by the way, uh, 
Antopolo was that he he got to be one of the the had to be the GM of the year with the moves he made there to keep that team in it and win it at the end without their best player. Unbelievable. I, I'm just so fired up for what the possibilities are this season. Tony, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at, at Tony Gwynn. You can find me, or excuse me, at Tony underscore Gwynn Jr. And you can find me on Twitter at Tony Gwynn Jr. Gwynn and Chris from 2 to 6 Monday through Friday. You can also catch me on the Padres radio broadcast. Uh-huh. He is only broadcasting for about 12 hours a day, so he's really <laughs> hard to find, Tony Gwynn Jr. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Decker6 and Anti-Hero Baseball on Instagram. Guys, that is it for Big Time Baseball for Odyssey Sports. We will be back very soon talking even more and possibly a lot of trades and a lot of free agent signings right here. Stay tuned and uh, be safe safe out there, guys. Beat it.